0: welcome to lunchbox radio and my name is Alex thanks everybody for listening to my last episode on Beck Mongolian chop squad I love that story and that manga in particular um, the anime as I think I mentioned before has some faults um, chief among them it's a little it's a little cheap looking especially when you compare it to the manga the manga has Some moments in it that make you really just kind of like in awe of it as of illustrative work, but um, I I really, I've really always been super into music and music culture, and the the back, the story of Beck and the way of Beck Mongol and Chop Squad and the way it was written. Really spoke to that in a really meaningful way, at least for me. Um, if you're into music, which you know you're listening to podcast, you probably you probably started on music and then you got into the hard stuff. But um, if you're into like any kind of music or just appreciate rock and roll or something, definitely give Beck a look. Um, it's available. I think streaming on Funimation, but, um, if you can get your hands on the manga, that's really where it's at, if I'm being completely honest. But, I, um, I am in the process of seeing a whole hell of a lot of movies lately, because it's the summer, I, in addition to seeing things like Ant-Man, and that movie Tag, and, uh, we went to see something else. I went to see something else recently. Um... I am also doing what a lot of people are doing, and that is going to see anime movies. And um, for me, in my area, I live in the New York metro area-esque thing. Um, I live basically just outside of New York. But um, I, the people chiefly releasing movie anime movies right now for me and probably for a lot of other people in America... Are G Kids and G Kids are st- they managed to get all of the Studio Ghibli licenses that nobody wanted, which is really interesting. <laughs> um, and there's a bunch of anime movies coming out lately. I'm I am talking about one on this very podcast, but I'm also looking forward to. Seeing and talking about The Night is Short Walk On Girl um, by Misaki Yuasa, the same guy who did Devil Man. We talked about that movie, not that sh- Netflix show, on a previous episode of this very podcast that you can go and you can check out. Um, and I encourage that you do so because I have thoughts about Devil Man that not even I remember. So it'll be an interesting time capsule to see if I like that show or not. I probably thought it was okay. Um, but I have never been a super huge fan of Misaki Yuasa. Mostly because it's like the, the simplistic art style. The, the simplistic art style is... Uh, there's a shotgun pace to his storytelling, to his narrative style that I just... I, I, part of it is I don't want to read that fast. The other part of it is I've never seen anything that grabbed me in the way that I wanted a story like that to grab me until this... Until Night Short Walk On Girl. And when I saw the previews of it, I was like, this feels a lot like... Um, what's it called? No, f- this feels a lot like Eccentric Family, and I, I really love Eccentric Family. I don't think I've done a show about it. I f- plan on doing a show about it if I haven't. Um, but it, Night is Short Walk-On Girl is based on a novel, from what I understand that is of the same name, that is by the same author who did the novel's of Eccentric Family. So, when I watched it, I got that feeling it's because it's the same kind of, it's the same author doing not exactly the same thing, but something in the same vein with different motives and characters and character interactions, and I always find that kind of, like, brain exercise really interesting, so I'll probably go see that. Um I can't think of anything that's coming out that I want to say on a podcast because I want to be able to get tickets to it, and this stuff is done real in a really limited engagement for a reason so it, anime is really popular it's not it's not the most popular the most popular it can be, but it is pretty popular. But it's not popular enough to, unless you're something like Studio Ghibli or Dragon Ball Z or stuff like that. Uh, you can't just put up a you can't just put up a show or put up a movie and say everybody. Hey. <sighs> sorry, um, everybody, go see this, and everybody just shows up and sees it just the way they would a live-action movie. Um, I'm fairly certain the Ghost in the Shell live-action numbered bore that out, because I would be stunned if that movie did really well, and more than that, did well with people who aren't familiar with Ghost in the Shell and aren't familiar with anime in general. Um, but so what happens is that basically, in order to deliver on promises that they make to licensors, uh, the studios that put the product, the um, license the licensors who license these movies to be put out in the states, say we're going to put it out, but we're going to put it out over a small period or small chunks, so we can totally see who's interested in this movie. For the eventual Blu-ray or digital release of it, um, so something like um, uh, "The Night Is Short" walk-on girl, I think, is playing for a weekend. Uh, the thing I'm talking about this tonight, which is also an anime movie, um, played for uh, three days or something, and by doing that, they get to they can pack the theater. They give everybody this like community viewing experience that's pretty that's pretty unique in its own way and they kind of they they, they set themselves up for success basically and and unless the movie is really bad which G kids has a great eye for looking out for when it comes to looking out for movies that have a uh, movies that are really high quality and... or animation that's really high quality and really thoughtful, for the most part. But we'll get to that. So they set themselves up for success, and hence there are many times for these things. Limited am- amounts of tickets available, so my next devious plan, I'm not putting out on air until I have the tickets on my phone And I'm ready to goddamn go. Um, But, the movie, that is not what we're talking about this week. This week, we are talking about the kind of G-Kids summer hot movie, or movie that they're hoping will be a hot movie. Um, And that movie is Fireworks. 2016, actually, I think in 2015 was when Your Name was made and released, but in 2016, early 2017, Your Name took the world by storm. It changed what it meant to be a quote-unquote anime movie. It took down Spirited Away as the top-grossing animated movie of all time, which if you have any illusions that that's not a big deal, it's a huge deal, especially since Spir- Spirited Away is the o- pretty much the only anime movie that's won an Oscar. Um, but it also it did what any popular media does. It A spread tendrils of influence out into the world to be revealed at a later date. And it B made all of the people who made it really well known and really sought after. So now on the on box art for something, if something's produced, if something's storyboarded by the person who storyboarded your name, which would be um, Makoto Shinkai, probably, but if something's storyboarded by Makoto Shinkai, it won't necessarily say Makoto Shinkai's name. Although he is really famous at this point, because he's the director of that movie, it will say, Storyboards by the director of your name. Because... uh, As in, as in Hollywood movies, not everyone will know the name of a movie director, but tons of people will. But more people will know the name of a movie or something famous they've worked on. And this this happens all the time. It happens in video games. It happens with music. It's a pretty common thing for people to become, for the, for these two things to happen. People who were associated with a particular album or a particular movie or a particular video game become super sought after and super famous and super valued by whatever entertainment industry they are in. Even across industries, I mean... Um, If you think about a director like James Gunn, they brought him in to direct Lollipop Chainsaw, which was an Xbox 360's like pulp zombie fan service fetish weird game that was a lot of fun, but they brought him in to direct because he had directed stuff like that in um, I think it was Slither? And other, mo- and other like... Um... Weird... Odd... Sexually explicit horror things. But, um... So, he has a name and a cachet that he can trade on. He parlayed that up to Guardians of the Galaxy. And he is now, like, the voice of the voice to be respected on writing like that, especially when it comes to Guardians of the Galaxy. But what also happens is a movie's kind of scenes and style and storytelling beats are often just like lifted whole cloth and used as starting points for Different movies, different shows, different everything. Um, this is true in video games. We see this now with battle royale. Um, just, uh, as I on the night I'm recording this, Thursday, there was a piece on and on the nightly news by me about Fortnite. Fortnite. What most people probably don't realize about Fortnite is that Fortnite was and I'm gonna. The internet's gonna find me, I'm sure. But um, Fortnite was originally a totally different game, and they did the battle royale formula that everyone loves about it now. Initially, as a kind of way to make their game relevant and something they could just make and throw into the game and try and get a play and try to boost their player base. Now, the Fortnite Save the World mode, which is actually the real $60 game, and it's like a zombie... It's like a cross between zombie game in Minecraft, basically. Um, from what I understand, I've never actually played it. I think I've seen it at some point, but I've never actually played it. Um, that game was spawned by the popularity of... Player Unknown's Battleground, or PUBG, basically. And all of the other games are copying these two games because that game mode, that style of play is so popular that you know, yes, art is a creative thing and people should strive to be more creative than copying another person or another property, but People also work as artists, and, you know, the world is what the world is. You need to make money. That's how shit happens. Now, why am I giving you this big spiel? The reason is that Fireworks feels like it is a direct descendant of your name. And that's for two reasons. The first reason is it is it has the same pro- it has the same producer as your name, not the same director, not the same studio. Just the producer is what they were hoping to sell this on, and not even the producer. They're hoping to sell this movie on its connection to a movie that everyone loves. That ev- I mean, I think your name is. ...really great and brilliant. I'm not saying that... ...Makoto Shinkai had not always made... ...kind of great and brilliant and... ...heart-ringingly sad... ...movies. But I think that it... ...took him making a movie... ...with a happy ending... (laughs) ...for people to really... ...be able to sit down... ...and sit through... ...a Makoto Shinkai movie. Because... ...if you haven't seen Voices of a Distant Star... Then you don't know what sadness is. <laughs> Let me put it this way if you haven't seen voices of a distant star at twelve o'clock in the morning with no one to 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 sit next to you and watch it with you, then you don't know what sad what sadness and loneliness is that is a desolate fucking movie and the fact that he made a movie in that kind of ultra-manipulative, heart-wrenching style that has a positive ending, I'm sure is what drove people to see it, because people love that stuff, but they love that stuff because there's a positive ending at the end. Uh, And then, the other thing that connects um, your name to fireworks is... Fireworks has a similar storyline. It has similar plot trappings and storyline of your name. Right down to the kind of positive ending, which we'll get to. But, um... Basically, the storyline of Fireworks is... This girl is moving... This girl is being forced to move away from her hometown. And she doesn't want to, because... Her mother is marrying another man. Is moving on to her third marriage, and is marrying another man, and they are going to move in with this other man, and she has no say in the matter. And it's it's a it's a hard. She hate she she hates the guy the way you hate a step. A stepdad who just wants to do good, who just wants to do the best he can. Not really good, but he wants to do the best he can because he loves your mom. If that makes any sense, uh, I have I have seen that in stepdads of friends, and it it sucks to see that because. It it, it, it's, it feels bad. It feels like... And this movie, the movie actually does a really great job of demonstrating it at one point, which I'll get to. It feels like that person is not a dog person, and they're trying to force themselves to be a dog person sometimes. And uh, it's just... It's all the complexities of how families actually are instead of how families are proposed to be. And those two ideas butting up against each other constantly. Um, And this movie does a great job of demonstrating, like, oh, this guy just... This guy means well, but he doesn't always... he, He doesn't know... He doesn't do a good job of doing the right thing because he doesn't know what the right thing is all the time. And, uh, but he's ultimately not that important. He's ultimately just a side-throwaway character. Um, the other main character of this show is this kind of unwitting high school, like, high school boy who just you know wants to hang out with his friends and go see the fireworks go see the fireworks display and it, him and his friend him and his like weird him and his weird high school friend bump into this girl when they're told to go clean the pool and she challenges them to a race and he loses the race his friend gets to go with her To the fireworks. But his friend is a dickbag. And ditches her. And he... Leaves... Leaves our main boy-coon. Whose name I should probably look up. um, To holding the bag, basically. Um, But eventually we find out that her plan was not just to go see the fireworks her plan was to run away from home to to elope and the reason why this is her plan is because that's how her mom met her father and her mom had her with her second husband with a man who ended up being her second husband. And her mom has this... Oh, actually, no, I think it's... Her mom was her husband's second mistress. And mm-hmm. her mom's first husband. If that makes any sense. Um, but uh, her mom is... A free spirit who doesn't quite, who doesn't quite understand that you know, maybe her daughter doesn't want her to constantly be going in and out of relationships, constantly be bringing people in and out of her daughter's life. So sh- her daughter concocts this kind of, not kind of, very half-baked scheme. Where she's going to, uh, you know, get this guy, get a guy, to elope with her. She'll figure out the love thing later. They're going. The, both of them are going to run away to Tokyo and be together forever. And they'll figure it out. She she is going to start. She's basically is planning to start her adult life early, to not have to deal with. The fact that she feels, rightfully so, unconsidered by the adults in her life. And the really unique thing about this show is that it doesn't... it, it It knows that the audience watching will figure out why that's not a great move, why that's not a great life plan. But it doesn't... Say that it's wrong. It it makes it very clear that you know this kids' friends are ju- that the main character, the main boy's friends, are just ki- are, are his friends, but they are kind of they're hi- they're high school they're they're middle school they're high school friends. They're, they're the kinds of friends that's like don't know how to be really good friends yet, but they could get there. If only they took their heads out of their asses. You, you know what I'm talking about. Like, the, they're the ones who will... Leave you holding the bag when they ditch a girl. And... Leave you to explain why they, why they want to flake out on this... Perfectly... Perfectly cute... Perfectly gorgeous... Girl. And... You know, those aren't friends that you necessarily need to hang on to. Some of them turn into friends that you'll... Lifelong friendships, don't get me wrong. But some of them are just... Kids you knew in high school and middle school and elementary school. They're not... not, Those relationships are... Lots of times better left... In the past. And... In this story they do a really good job of demonstrating that with the kind of, like, quote-unquote, his, like, romantic rival, who's just this kid who just ends up being constantly pissed that the main character gets, with, gets the girl, and he doesn't. Um, but in the beginning of the movie, this girl, I think her name's... Uh, Haru-something? Finds this marble. And this marble is kind of, is the magic... It's a magical object in this movie. Basically what happens is... When it's thrown... It rewinds time to a certain point. But it only takes the person who threw it with... Back in time. So... Um... We get to the race. And the race happens and... You know, the main character loses. Mm -hmm. And he's left to deal with this girl. And... Basically, this girl says, like, you know, the reason why I bought this bag was because I was planning on running away from home, and you want to run with me, and he doesn't know what to do. He's just a punk kid, so he just does it. And they, of course, because they're punk kids trying to run away from home and they don't know what the fuck they're doing, they run into her, her mom, and she freaks out. Tries to run away. Her mom catches her, and she pleads for help. And the only thing, the things the main character, main character can't do anything. He's just a kid. He can't. He he is rightfully or wrongfully reading all the signs and the reading all the signs of the universe and thinking like. This is this girl's mom. I can't fuck with this. I can't interfere here. What right do I have to like interfere in like a parent and child relationship? Blah 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 blah. Regardless of whether or not it's a fair thing, it's a it's a thing that we would all think on some level. Like I can't, I can't, I can't tell my friend's mom to go screw off because they're they're my friend's mom, and you know. Th- They raised that kid, basically. And, well... That's wrong, and we'll get to why that's wrong... In the context of this movie... In a minute. So, among the things that happens, he punches... He basically punches the shit... In a really satisfying punch sequence... Out of his friend who... You know, stood up this girl because... It's his fault that he got... ...stuck in this whole situation... ...now he gives a shit about what happened to this poor girl... ...and blah 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 blah... ...and then he picks up this marble that... ...the girl found... ...and he throws it as hard as he can... ...and... ...it stops... ...in... ...mid space... ...and a light shines... ...and you see this like... ...Edison bulb... ...if... ...like IF... ...just kind of like... ...shining... And it rewinds him back to the race. And he thinks, if I can win this race, I can get to this girl, and we can get to the the train station like she planned, and we can get on the train, and we can go. And basically the whole plan is they're going to get on the train, and they're going to leave and go to Tokyo and live happily ever after. And with each subsequent rewind of time, they get a little closer. Until the end, when it's suggested that they just, like, rewound time all the fucking way, and didn't even start the day. They just found each other and said, fuck everything, we're going to Tokyo and starting our lives. Which is a really excellent thing to have happen, because... Normally, what would happen is I, I can I can tell you right now is a resp- a movie that was trying to m- tell people the responsible choice instead of the most heartfelt choice would have said, "Hey, you know, this doesn't like yeah." They never get to Tokyo, but this isn't the end of the world. They they exchange cell phone numbers, and they find each other in college, and they be, like, live happily ever after. No, fuck that. They literally elope. That, that's, I mean, that's the way the movie pitches it. (laughs) And I hate to be, like, spoiler fam here, but the reason why I'm saying this so bluntly is because it's, Kind of great to have a movie not take the moral high ground and try and suggest that the world would be better if you followed the rules. And it, it's it's a pretty unique thing for a Japanese movie to do that. Even even this movie's kind of spiritual predecessor, Your Name. Has a whole sequence where, you know, Mizuha and the and the kid and the guy both get jobs and they're living unfulfilled lives, but at least they have jobs and blah 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 blah. And then they find each other and then they get this, the, they get a career and they do everything that's supposed to, and then they get the satisfaction of being together. This is just like nope. But like we're not gonna we're not playing that game. Uh, these kids wanna be together, they get to be together. But the thing that this movie lacks that your name has is it A your name had the Makoto Shinkai style and it had this this beauty to it that is hard to ...for other director to do... ...without feeling like... ...they're trying to ape him. B... ...this movie had... ...some... ...really... ...really... ...low ball... ...low ball... ...low bar... ...CGI in it. Like... ...one of the worst CGI staircases I've ever seen. I hate to say that... ...but it's true... There was some... Uh, it was clear why they used CGI in some scenes, but I I just I kept thinking, like, but what if that was hand-animated? What, what, what if that was... What if you went full Miyazaki crazy and hand-animated the shit out of this movie? Would it, like... Would it... I bet it would feel better, is basically what I thought. And the other thing that it does is it gives you all these things about how it's... It gives you all these things that you want to know how they work. But you don't know how they work. And it It's not giving you... It's giving you it's not giving you enough to flesh out, to flesh out in your own brain, but it's not withholding enough where well, you don't care if that makes any sense. So a perfect example of this from your name is in your name, they just say, okay, it's Freaky Friday, meets back to the future, go. And they're body swapping, Forward three years and backwards three years. And they do a good job of explaining that. Only they don't over-explain it. So, and they don't give you any, like, weird little bullshit to latch on to and be like, Oh, there's a reason that does that. There's a reason that that's like that. There has to be, right? No, it's just, it's magic time travel romance nonsense. You don't need to care. But in this movie, by centering the time travel on an object, what they caused me as a viewer to do is wonder how that object works. So how this magical little marble, how does that work? What is this magical dimension that they eventually get transported to? What's this if you keep seeing? Why don't I see it every time? The questions start to pile up in your head. And... That just kind of... That that takes a lot away from the movie, because it... Piles these questions up that work against your, suspe- your suspension of disbelief, if that makes any sense. And then... It just... It it, it just doesn't explain any of it. So you're left, you're left holding the bag of just like, but how did the magic marble work? Why did it breaking... Like... Huh? And it, the kind of climax of the movie is when the two love interests finally kiss and they realize they really do love each other and that's when you get the the roll call, the morning roll call scene where you realize neither of them are there and they've run off together successfully at last but it just uh, the movie feels like a Romance that was in search of a way to be told was a time travel narrative, not the other way around. No, it, it it doesn't seem like it was, to me at least, written with each other. It seems like someone started writing a pretty standard, pretty good, like, melodramatic romance storyline and your name happened and they looked back at their draft and they said but what if time travel what but what if time travel and what if alternate dimension and what if and what if alternate dimension timeline time travel and they have these They, and also there's nothing to suggest that they're creating alternate dimensions. They don't. In order for someone to understand their alternate dimensions, you need to you need to see those alternate dimensions in a full way. In um the alternate dimensions episode that I think might even be a finale episode on some level of Futurama, they, like, pull out and there's, like, 30 different parallel dimensions where, like, Bender's gold, Bender's bronze, Bender's, like, Bender is just Flexo, Flexo is just Bender, Bender is, like, a movie star, Fry never got frozen. All this stuff happened. In all the dimensions. And you see all of it. This one where, like, Leela has two eyes. Um. But in this show, the main character, the main boy, has a revelation where he realizes this isn't the real dimension. Oh, God. But he's there, and the girl there, and all the side characters are there, including the... homeroom teacher who is just who's like the who's just the funniest she is if you, if you've ever seen the original FLCL and you see that homeroom teacher trying to teach the kids how to use chopsticks I think in episode three and you get the real sense she's just the middle she's just the middle she's just a 30 something who's like trying. To pull her shit together. That's what the homeroom teacher in this movie feels like. And it's really good. Um, but, like, all of those characters are there. And all the those dynamics are there. The only thing that's happening is he, or eventually he and she, are changing the outcome of things. There's no... It's not like all the scenario. It's not like he's making more scenarios every time he... jump back in time, it's like he's rewinding the tape and it's like he's resetting a save and playing a different path of the game. It's like he's playing a visual novel and instead of going with one girl, he's going with another girl. That other path might as well not exist anymore. You can go back and you can take it, but it... Like, its relevance to what's happening doesn't matter. But the movie has a brief flash of a moment where it's like, it wants you to care that that didn't happen but you as the viewer don't care because what didn't happen was bad. And you know it was bad because you saw it. So it's like for a couple lines of the movie it just undercuts its own its own thought process, which very odd. But it's. It's a, it's a good. It's a good movie. It's not. It's certainly not your name. It's. Certainly not. it. like. I, this movie. I don't think will be remembered as this grand masterpiece. I think that it is. Like Miss Hokusai, which I don't know if I've talked about specifically on this podcast, but I should, it's a good movie with ideas that it almost doesn't know what to do with at all times on screen. And that takes a certain kind of awesome to, like, look at a movie like that and be like, no, like, I'm I'm, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this going out. But it... it its main thesis is it poses the idea that selecting for your own destiny is okay, and like choosing choosing the path that is not the agreed upon sanctioned thing is okay, and that's a, that's a pretty great method. That's a pretty great method for kids who. Oh, by and large, oftentimes, have parents who are like, why are you so into anime? It seems weird. Or they have friends who are like, why do you like anime so much? It seems weird. There's nothing really that weird about it. It's Anime is a medium. It's not a genre. It's not like all anime is nothing but panty shots and inverted nipples popping out. Although there is a lot of that but on both ends um yeah. but if anybody ever says hey don't do this this isn't what people do it really they're really just saying it's not the best idea for you to do this in society's opinion i mean to give you an idea a hundred years ago people didn't set black people free it wasn't what people did Uh, in the past people didn't marry black people it wasn't what people did it's or they didn't do other things, because it wasn't what people did. But that doesn't mean that it's not doable, that it's not a viable option. It just means that it's harder. And it's really important for movies to say, for for our media to say to us, you know, as a kid, going with the flow is not your only option. If you get your shit together, and if you cry your damnedest, and you put your best foot forward, you can kind of do anything you want. There's nothing, there's nothing stopping you, except for you and what you tell yourself is the option that you have. Um, I had a 3D teacher who ultimately really had it in for me, but he used to say something really, really insightful. He used to say, you always have a choice. And that's what this movie is. Is This movie is fully exploring what all of those choices mean. And it is two people deciding to make those choices one way because they have empirical evidence that that will bring them closer to their stated goal of eloping to Tokyo and every time they encounter another choice and they realize they made the wrong one they go back and they made the choice they wanted to make with all of the foresight of what that will do, of what of that will cause the next foot the foot to go in front of the other foot and they keep going down on, down the down that path until until they reach the end, and that's that's really great that's really romantic it's really kind of fantastic actually because i oftentimes oftentimes in the universe i mean it's happened to me, it's happened to lots of people uh, somebody says you know like oh, we're gonna move." before you're six years old, you'll never be able to see those people you knew again. You'll never be able to see the girl you saw in daycare every day who had curly hair and two leg braces ever again. I I don't know where that girl went. I'm sure everybody listening to this has someone that they who slipped out of their lives because they felt they didn't have a choice of keeping that person in their life somehow, that they don't know where that person went. And that's really... That's really a serious thing. Losing, losing track of a human is a big deal. Whether it's intentional or not. The And, and yes are there the shitty friends who don't know how to be friends who uh, would drag you down and who deserve to be forgotten? Absolutely. Everybody has at least a dozen over the years. And if you don't yet, you will, or you already do, and you haven't figured it out yet. But there are also people who, like, you want to remember you want to keep in touch with and you don't want to forget and you think that in the moment like I don't want to forget this person but for whatever reason the world around you encourages you to and what do you do in that case you really you in that case you have to you have a choice you either do everything you can to keep the relationship up and to remember that person and to have a relationship with that person or you let life take its natural course and you just drift apart because that's what happens. It's not and that and granted that choice has to be made on the other person's side too. And that's what this movie ultimately gets to. At the end of it is the female character said the male character I can't wait to see w- to see what rea- what universe I meet you in next because I love you. And that is her saying I will come find you wherever you are. And that like for as kind of I for as okay to good as this movie can be, that aspect of it it's pretty great. And, uh, I mean, uh, would I recommend seeing this in theaters? Um, it has a charm in theaters. I all, mo- most all movies have a charm in theaters. Uh, I would in- strongly encourage you to see it if you could see it in theaters, because it's, it has a decent amount of spectacle with the special effects and the firework effects and all that stuff but it it doesn't it doesn't need to be seen in theaters it doesn't even necessarily need to be seen big screen it on a good on just a good old flat screen ten eighty p four k thing it would be just as affecting it just wouldn't be enormous or come with the trailer for the night for Night is Short Walk-On Girl at the end of it, which was a fun surprise. And on that note, um, I hope you liked this podcast. If you did like this podcast, I encourage you to subscribe to it. I'm available on literally all the things now, including, wait for it, wait for it, Spotify. Yes, I'm available on both, on all three of them. I'm available on Google Music, Apple, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. So, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can totally listen to me if you're hearing this in some nefarious way. I don't know. Um, but, definitely check out the rest of the feed. I've talked about your name in an episode. I've talked about um, Devilman was something I mentioned. Uh, the last episode was Beck. The episode before that was a fun episode on Pat Labor. Um, I do one of these a week. I am also currently messing around on Instagram TV with doing something a little bit more quote unquote academic about the anime industry. Um, I put up the first video for that, so if you're interested in that, you can go follow me on Instagram where I also promote episodes of this podcast so you'll get notification via Instagram of hey, I've got a new podcast out go listen to it, here's what it's about um, I'm probably gonna make some of those things when I am done recording and posting this, but um, yeah you can follow me on Instagram at Alex Holt Cohan, A-L-E-X H-O-L-T-C-O-H-A-N I'll put a thing in the description so it's easy. Um, But, definitely check that out. I have been Alex. You've been listening to Lunchbox Radio. And I'll talk at you next time.
1: Kiss me like a friend.